1: Kane was
0: there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed.
1: This ain't Monday Night Raw!
0: This is my friend! It's WrestleRant Radio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Wrestle rant Radio for Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. Another stack show on tap. you find folks, as always, here today as I present part two of my conversation with the Cowboy, one half of the NWA World Tag Team Champions, James Storm. Part one was great. Check that out from last week here on the show. Part two's talking the remainder of his TNA run and so much more uh, going on in his wrestling career and beyond. So we're going to have that here today for the first half of the podcast. Uh, The second half of the podcast is going to include my conversation with RJ Marceau, Mr. Marceau, as always, breaking down the world of wrestling, including the TNA, or I'm sorry, Impact Slammiversary, It's a force of habit. He called it TNA himself. Uh, We're breaking down the Impact Slammiversary pay-per-view from Saturday, as well as uh, Tuesday's episode of Impact Wrestling, covering all the free agencies, the signings, the new champions, the... Uh, signing of Gallows and Anderson and their departure from WWE. We're talking that. And the horror show, Add Extreme Rules Review, as well as reviewing Raw, giving some quick thoughts on Monday night as well. Before we go any further with that stuff, you guys can find me on the socials at WrestleRant on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com backslash and also on YouTube at youtube.com backslash C, backslash Graham GSM Matthews. You can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday... Right here on NextAirWrestling.net slash WrestleRantRadio.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google Play. We're all over the place, baby. So find the show, rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. As next week, you have had James Storm the last two weeks. Next week, I probably will plan on airing my exclusive interview from Bleach Report a few weeks ago with the all-new NXT North American and NXT Champion Keith Lee. The interview went up in article form about two weeks ago, I think. It was right after he won the NXT Championship, so yeah, two weeks ago. The audio of that interview should be up next week right here on the show. It's a great one, and then I'll probably air my exclusive interview with uh, Braun Strowman that was conducted last week um, here on the show in maybe two weeks or three weeks, so we'll see. You can also check out my exclusive interview with WWE NXT star Karrion Cross on DailyDDT.com. Went up before NXT on Wednesday, talking all about his current sights being set on the NXT Championship, the match with Dominik Dijakovic from Wednesday, um, his time in AAA, Lucha Underground, his awesome entrance, and so much more. Check that out right now. But before all of that, check out part two of my conversation with the cowboy James Storm right here, right now, on WrestleRant Radio. You mentioned with the Bobby Roode feud. I mean, I I was such a fan during that point that I I know I'm asking a lot of questions about uh, the feud and whatnot. They just produced a lot of great moments and matches. Um, with, with today, I mean, we're almost a decade removed, which is kind of crazy to me. I remember watching every week during the course of uh, when you guys were doing your thing at Impact and even now. But it's, it's been almost nine years since then, which is amazing to believe. Um, have you kept in contact with Bobby in the recent years since you guys, you know, he went to WWE in 2016, you were there for a little longer, and now in NWA. Do you guys keep in contact at all or now?
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll text here and there, you know, not you know every day. I mean, we we'll never really like texting and calling each other every day or every week more together anyways, you know, I think it was more of a, just a guy thing, you know, we're like, Oh, uh, I'm too mentally for that. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, when I if, I, if I ever, you know, when I go backstage and stuff, like I see him and stuff and it's like, Hey, what's up, man. You know, so we talk a little bit and stuff and, <laughs> you know, so many people like even Jericho, he's just like, man, he goes, he, you know, he's saying how, you know, big companies are just missing the boat right now with, like beer money like mm-hmm. if they brought it back you know you just and like they would make so much money and I'm just like look it's it's not on me mm-hmm. I'm a free agent so mm-hmm. w- whatever yeah. <laughs> you know
0: so. it's not like you're saying no or whatever right
1: right exactly it's yes. like hey I can talk you know
0: <laughs> it's not I, I don't think this is a general you know impression of the situation but it's not like you're sitting there when they're calling you like hey we're going to reunite but you know beer money and you're like yeah no I'm all set like it doesn't seem like it's that type of situation at all. And people may think that, and may think, "Oh, James Storm, why don't you just go to WWE?" And it's obviously not as simple as it seems, right?
1: <laughs> right. I get so many people it's like, "Hey, why don't you just go to WWE?" Okay, yeah, I'll just show up, go Vince. I'm going to the ring, all right, bro. I'll be back. <laughs>
0: exactly i just yeah just i mean again that's just wrestling i guess so it is what it is but it is amazing when how many comments like you post like this picture that may be completely unrelated to wrestling and then you'll get a comment saying hey come back to wwe or something like that how often do you get that kind of stuff
1: so many like i could really probably post a picture of me and god just sitting there (laughs) talking (laughs) And people are like, "Hey, do you feel bad for leaving NXT?" Or, "Hey, when are you going back to WWE?" Or, you know, I'm just like, mm-hmm. "This is God." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to talk my way into heaven right now. <laughs> <Let me alone.
0: laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, it's just amazing how many people just, and it's been, it was five years since that too. And people, they just don't let things go. So I mean, again, no,
1: they, I'm just like, I'm just like, I have a life, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, wrestling is not. And that was one of the things why, you know, I, I, I didn't really sign, mm-hmm. you know, with NXT at the time because I needed to spend time at home, you mm-hmm. know, and and my family is really more important to me than wrestling is.
0: Mm-hmm. And the schedule even then wasn't as crazy as it is now. I mean, with NXT being the third, right? Brand, well, see, I mean, and that
1: was the thing is like Hunter, he he actually told me he goes, look, he goes, we're we're going to be running over a hundred something house shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, next year and stuff. And I was like, "Who?" Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't, and, and, and I, I would have done it. Like, I mean, I, I love being on the road, but mm-hmm. it was just at the time when me and my wife was trying to have another kid and mm-hmm. you know, she had to do the shots and, and all that stuff. So I just, I, I just couldn't be on the road that long.
0: So Yeah, no, just the timing just didn't work out. I mean, it's just a case of that. And I think I had seen someone brought up the other day. I think his name is Richard holiday. He works for MLW. Um, I think he had brought up, I think he was doing an interview with Fightful and they mentioned how, you know, when, oh, you should be in WWE or whatever. And he brought up how, if you're such a fan of me, whether it be, you know, Richard Holiday or James Storm or whatever, if you're such a fan, then why don't you watch me where I am currently? You know what I mean? Right. If you, why don't you just yeah, that's watch NWA? Yeah, what I don't
1: understand too is why all these people, and, and then I hey, hate, this is my biggest pet peeve mm-hmm. for whoever's listening to this. don't don't follow me on social media and then ask me if i'm still wrestling
0: (laughs) what the hell yeah it makes no sense yeah i
1: get so many people like hey are you still wrestling nope sure i'm not no Uh, doesn't
0: doesn't it say in your bio on your social media accounts that you're a professional wrestler right yeah so
1: yeah And, and like you know when before this pandemic went on, like I was posting like, Hey, what's this video of me? NWA. Right. Hey, exactly. This video. Like, good Lord people.
0: <laughs> it makes no sense. And you're one of the busier guys out there that isn't working for WWE or AEW. It seemed like every weekend you're doing a different show in a different place, right?
1: Yeah, I was, man, I was staying so busy. And then, uh, I kind of cut back on a little bit cause I started actually doing some movies and stuff now. And, man, that's been so much fun doing those stuff, you know, just kind of just learning a new art, you know. And it's really just, you know, long promos. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> how I look at it.
0: Was that something you always wanted to do was the kind of break into the movie, you know, side of things?
1: No, it actually wasn't. But uh, somebody had reached out to me and they saw me like cutting a promo and just asked me if I'd be interested in doing like a movie for them. Oh, no wow. I was like, yeah, so I did that, and then all of a sudden, this other guy hit me up, and I flew out to Australia uh, right at the end of last year and shot a movie. Uh, and I was actually supposed to be shooting a movie with uh, Samuel Jackson, like uh, this year, uh, oh, before wow. all this. Before all this happened, man. So, so I don't know.
0: The Coronavirus this is the biggest heel in the business now. After that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really call it the Corona anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's just. Uh, yeah, I call it the
0: election <laughs> because once yeah. the
1: elections over with, this
0: stuff's going mysteriously go away. So I, it's, it's so funny that you mentioned. That. I heard someone else say that the other day, and I'm like, you know what? You're you're probably right. and We're just a couple months away from that, and then in November. It's it's crazy to already think it's it's halfway through 2020, and this thing feels like it's been going on for a century. But uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, as, as we wind down here, uh, you mentioned before with just. It seems like from that period, uh, you know, with yourself and Bobby Roode and everyone doing so well—not just from Fortune, but you know, from that period in TNA when you were there—you're killing it right now in NWA. You've been there for a while. The current NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis, people—I mean, they probably remember—but he was doing work in TNA too as Magnus. He was the former World Champion in his own right, and he's completely reinvented himself as Nick Aldis in TNA. Or I'm sorry, in, in, in NWA compared to where he was in TNA, um, just to see where everyone was to where they are now including yourself and it felt like a decade ago there was this you know general speculation among fans like oh you know they have the tna stench you know uh quote unquote like oh wwe would never hire a tna guy or you know ring of honor (laughs) or whatever and it feels like half of the roster in every company is former impact players you know just it's not a real testament to the company but more so the people themselves including yourself you know
1: well i look at now is like uh Well, you you have all these companies and but now you have, you know, basically veterans from TNA that know how to wrestle on TV, Mm -hmm. you know, that know how to work the cameras that can teach young guys, you know, you know how to wrestle on TV, you Mm -hmm. know, like. It's not as easy as people think, where you just go out there and just have a wrestling match. No, you have to, you know, stick to time cues, and you have to find out which camera is shooting which, and you have to make sure you're always looking at the heart camera, and you know, blah blah blah. So mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand, and it's, you know, that's why you're seeing a lot of these guys now that are, you know, veterans, especially from TNA, like going and and, and doing stuff in other promotions and stuff.
0: I mean, it must be obviously a good thing to have so many different promotions out there, so much variety from NWA to Ring of Honor Impact, AEW, WWE, the list goes on and on. Um, it, it's, I mean, obviously, current circumstance you know, aside, um, it must be a great time in the business right now to have so many different places to be able to work for if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, I mean... I mean, not right now, but yeah, yeah, I was
0: just the current circumstances, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But no, it it is. I mean, it's just uh, uh man, it's you, you know, and I, I love professional wrestling. Like you, you know, I said really, the only person I think loves more than me is Tommy Dreamer. Like mm-hmm. that guy eats breathes, and craps wrestling. It's unreal <laughs> the knowledge that he does, and you know, and he's he's also like on shows every weekend doing something. Yeah. You know,
0: he's at Slammiversary coming up.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's just. You know, it's it's so good that, you know, guys can make a living, you know, where you don't have to be part of the big company. You know, you can you can make a good living, you know, doing independence or, you know, whatever you wish to do, you Mm
0: -hmm. know. And final two questions for you. The element of surprise, to kind of go back to what you were talking about earlier, you know, teasing, going to, you know, popping up on answering John Cena's Open Challenge a couple years ago, to answering Bobby Roode's Open Challenge, to answering Cody Rhodes' Open Challenge, um, and all this other stuff. I know you had posted that photo when you went to Raw. I don't know if it was the same Arn Anderson interaction that you were talking about, um, but when you were, I think, at Raw, and then you were standing next to a production guy that had a WWE shirt on. I don't know if that you were... At RAW. Yeah, that no, time. that
1: was uh, that was just at a uh, uh, convention. Oh, Georgia. okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotcha.
0: Well, there was another point. I think before that you were at backstage at RAW. Well, that was.
1: Well, see, that's uh, uh, Paige. Uh, I was working for her parents. Like, oh, two weeks later. Gotcha. Okay. And and I thought we were sending her mom a video, mm-hmm. and then I looked, and we were on Instagram Live. <laughs> <and> <laughs> Man. And then all of a sudden, they come up to me and they're like, uh, you're not supposed to be back here, you know, right? I was like, I know, I didn't do that. <laughs> you know, Paige, Paige took the heat for me. She's like, oh, it's my fault. I didn't know, you know. I'm like, no, this is James Strom. This ain't James Strom.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. I was
1: like, God, I got fired before I got hired. <laughs>
0: how important do you think that element surprise is nowadays i mean with social media being so prevalent and spoiling so many things uh i mean when you when you showed up in nxt for that quick stint i mean obviously that was taped ahead of time i think it was taped after a takeover or something and it aired like a couple weeks later and and then the the company put it out there on the website it's like okay i guess we all know the secrets out now um but how important do you think the element Surprise is and, and keeping things kind of a secret so it means more when it eventually happens
1: I think it's it's huge, you know. I think that's what wrestling is all about—these elements, surprises. And it was, to me, it was really cool, like how, you know, WWE handled that with me. You know, like they they had guys like go out in the crowd and sit there and 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 record it and take pictures. So when I did come out, they can be the first ones to post it out. Mm-hmm. You know, where you know if you go, if tape shows, like a lot of people will be like, "Oh, James Storm showed up," you know, mm-hmm. they wanted to be the first ones to say, "Hey, look who showed up at Full Sail." you know that way it's a big deal now you want to tune in and be like oh shit what happened you know Mm -hmm. so that was i thought that was really cool especially like you said a tape show you know uh with with the live show I, i definitely think that like element surprise is just like so underrated like there needs to be more surprises uh than than what you know we're to, to me what we're getting now i don't think we're really getting enough surprises even even at the royal rumble like i, I just kind of wanted to be more surprises that mm-hmm. came out and stuff i, I you know I, I don't really know but you know and I, I always tell people like that's why like i like my music how it starts off because if i ever decide to go to different places the first thing to hear is sorry about your damn luck and they know exactly They're like oh shit like just horns here
0: yeah, exactly. And that was another thing, too, with your theme song. You have that iconic opening that you had, you know, so far in NWA. You obviously had that in, in Impact as well. Um, in the matches you've worked with Ring of Honor, you had it there as well. So people always know it's you every single time you come out. And uh, well, was that one thing that you were hoping that they would put in your music uh, when you went to NXT? Because you had the music and people weren't really well, sure who it was. Well, no, that's,
1: the funny thing is, is like uh, I wasn't able, to, we weren't able to get it done in time. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, because we had to go walk walk throughs and all this stuff and then uh, Hunter actually like when I got down to the ring the referee uh, told me he said uh, that Hunter wants me to grab the mic at the end and say sorry about your damn luck
0: (laughs) oh wow oh wow did did you end up saying it on the mic or was it like I remember you (laughs) saying it on the show because
1: because something like the mic wasn't working or something because the referee (laughs) was like mic's not working he goes just scream it really loud (laughs)
2: but
1: but all I had to do was go sorry about, mm-hmm. and then the crowd did the rest, yep. you
0: know? so. Yeah, which was extra cool. And the, the fact the crowd, you know, they were going, they were doing the beer money chant too, when they go beer yeah. money, you know, it was cool. It was cool. And it came across as that much more of a surprise because I think Samoa Joe had showed up a couple months before that. And I think you were like only the second big, big name. I mean, obviously NXT's had big names like, before, like, Neville, Sami Zayn, people like that. But in terms of, like, real surprises, um, yeah. you were definitely one of the first ones, and it was a super cool moment. On the network, if you want to relive it, you know, cheap plug for that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's so
1: funny because there's, there's like, these two people in the crowd that the, the camera pans over to, and they're just going absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's like this little guy in glasses. And I was going to say, the yeah. kid with the
0: glasses, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's
1: like, Yeah! And then, like I've watched, and like WWE's used that guy for like other video packages. I'm like, that's my guy.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Well, at least we were able to. You weren't able to get the mic afterward, but they did do that backstage promo with you with Tom Phillips that went up on yeah. their channel, which was cool. And you were able to say sorry about your damn luck then, right? Well, see, and and
1: that, they they made a point for me to say that, so it was you know it was, it was really cool. So, yeah, like I, I, I'm sure, like if I would have been there, mm-hmm. uh, then. I definitely would have been using it because it's just something that they can make more money off of. You
0: know? Exactly, <laughs> so, exactly. It's just an easy thing to get over, and it's on all your merchandise now, so it's a very easy, marketable thing. It's not, like, confused with any, anything else that's unique. Well, either. that's
1: what Road Dog was telling me, too. He goes it, it, he goes, it reminds me of when we would come out and go, oh, you didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, and I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, what? Uh, thanks for putting me in that category. with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's high praise. W- was the thing that this is? I don't know. You've probably confirmed this before. I know that I've heard this elsewhere. Was that the music that AJ Styles ended up using? That's been long speculated. That was supposed to be for you. Have you heard anything about that before?
1: Yeah, no, it actually was. They sent it to me.
0: Oh, wow. Uh,
1: and, and I had emailed them back and, uh, and I was like, Oh, I like it. And they told me that they were actually going to put, sorry about your damn luck at the beginning wow. of that.
0: And, That's crazy.
1: Uh, yeah. And then, and then I didn't sign. And I remember I was on a flight over to England and, and as soon as I landed, uh, I got to my room and I started watching the network and I watched it and then I, I was just <laughs> like, well, i would be damned. <laughs> but I mean, it, it works out because, because, I mean, if you listen to the song, like the whole redneck stuff, or whatever, like that was written for me.
0: Yeah. Know? Yeah. No, if you listen to the, if you listen to the lyrics, it sounds like it would be for you. So it makes complete sense. Uh, you know, they say country boy. You know, blah blah blah. It's like, okay, that sounds like it. Yeah, you clear. ain't
1: breaking this redneck, and it's just, you know. But I mean, it's it's worked out for AJ. He's done pretty good with it. So yeah,
0: no, <laughs> I, yeah, I would definitely say so. When you heard the music, when you're watching the network, are you thinking, okay, are they teasing like me coming in or something? Even though I'm not there, because you hear the music, or you're like, okay, this has got to be someone else. <laughs> well, no,
1: no, and then I, I think it was it was like right around. I think Royal Rumble, or maybe before Royal Rumble this year. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they posted a thing, like, WWE posted a thing, like, NXT's uh, five biggest surprises, and I was number one. I was yeah. like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> <laughs> are you guys great, man? I don't know about this. Like, what's
0: that going on? <laughs> I think that's, that's the, the, worst the worst part. It, it's crazy. It's, I feel like they get people's hopes up with this type of stuff, and then it just, they, they're great. Not I mean again in certain respects it's awesome but when it comes to stuff like that they generate excitement for certain things that they know aren't going to happen so we just end up having really really you know disappointed expectations when we don't see you and and again going back to the Mojo Raleigh thing it was again he's a great guy and whatnot it's just funny to think about in retrospect but uh I, I mean I had
1: a I had a whole thing. Also, like where, you know, because they come to Nashville like twice a year, you mm. know, and, and just something where I'm just sitting in the front row at the Nashville show, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, and then Bobby <laughs> just walks by and he then he stops, turns around, just looks at me and just walks <laughs> off and then kind of just go with something from there, you know. It just, so,
0: yeah. Sorry, go ahead. But
1: then but, then, but then I was thinking, I was like, man, I think I'd just much rather be just a surprise, you know, come mm-hmm. in this, you know, instead of something like that. Oh, like you said, this.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned, like, the Royal Rumble. That'd be perfect right there. I mean, you mentioned how the Royal Rumble should have more surprises. No bigger surprise than James Storm showing up in one of the numbers.
1: It, especially, you know, if Bobby's, like, number one. Yep. You know, he, he gets stuck number one. Like, you know, and he's like, I'll take them all out.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you so. show up and you throw him right out of the ring. I think it just, it, again, it's just too Perfect. Uh, maybe maybe we're predicting something for 2021 if we have fans by that <laughs> point. I can't imagine a rumble without fans there. So hopefully we're back to normal by then. I guess we'll see, soon I, see. I
1: think we're on to something. I think if he said, and see, I, I miss the old like the drawing machine, yep. you know, where they, instead of like you already knowing who's going to come out at what number, mm-hmm. like set it where you don't know really, where, you know, they had to be backstage with the balls and yep. draw a number out with the balls. Like I, I missed that. You know, yeah. it was. That was always cool, you know. Maybe have Bobby draw number one, he leaves, starts walking off and there's sits a six pack of beer, he's like, well, somebody left a beer here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. <They're> number two hits. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. It's just too it so. perfect. I mean, with stuff like that, too, it's like I think they did one year with uh, like the bingo balls or whatever, like you were talking about. They had Eddie Guerrero as number one, but they didn't say that he was number one, but he was trying yes. to, like, pawn off the number to, like, Ric Flair or something, which was great. Um, they'll do it whenever it's convenient for them. They don't do it every year. They'll do it every, like, once every couple of years, and then they'll just okay. stop doing it. But um, that would be cool, though. That would be cool, especially in, like, a you know Philadelphia or Chicago where you absolutely yeah. know the crowd would go crazy. You know. Or like Orlando or Tampa. <laughs> exactly. That's where AJ showed up, and it made for one of the greatest moments in terms of crowd reactions and recent memory, if not ever. So, Oh, oh yeah. I yeah, completely so. agree. Uh, final question oh, for no, you. So go was, ahead. Was, I think was his, in,
1: his was in Orlando, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, it was in Orlando, Yeah, yeah. 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 It just ended up working out perfectly. We're like, I mean, the crowd would have reacted big anyway, just because, like yeah. yourself and others, where he's gone around the world. So everyone knows who he is. But it just made it extra special being in front of that crowd um, for him to debut. And then I think the best part is that afterward on like the website, when they're like, oh, AJ Styles debuted, it said, okay, he's worked with, I forgot who was in the company by that point, but like Sting, Samoa Joe, whatever. Um, he worked with them in Florida. Because they say all the other companies, <laughs> has that ever bothered you? Where they like, okay, they'll mention Ring of Honor, they'll mention New Japan, but they will never mention TNA except for like one time a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, it's crazy now, which, I mean, it's good that they do it now. You yeah. know, like, you know, they, they use a lot of the TNA footage and stuff for their specials, mm-hmm. which is really cool, you know, so yeah. Yeah, I don't no, know, definitely. hopefully they can... Yeah, I mean, it's good that they got a good relationship with him,
0: though. Yeah, no, it's cool to see footage, you know, from stuff from a couple of years ago on the network and whatnot. Uh, Final question for you, as we ride off into the sunset here, you mentioned doing the movies thing. Of course, you're still wrestling, not currently with the whole pandemic and whatnot, but hopefully soon. Um, Is there anything else that you're aiming to, you know, look into, accomplish, go after, uh, you know, going forward?
1: Uh, You know, I'm just... I, I, I'm really enjoying doing this movie stuff like it's just I don't know it's just, it's just fun it, you, you know and uh, a lot of the sets I've been on the people have been really cool and, and, and they've been there to you know help me too you know a lot mm-hmm. of them help me out on the set where usually I'm the person helping you know people out mm-hmm. so I mean it, it's it's really good and I've had a lot of people reach out to me that you know, want to kind of do like online coaching with me and stuff. And, and, and then after I do it, they're like, man, like you're, you're just a natural, like at this delivery stuff. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I've got 20 something years experience <laughs> delivering this stuff, you know? Like, And so it's, it's been really cool. So I, I think, you know, just try to do some more movies and, uh, you, you know, and like I said, you, you never know where you're going to hear. Sorry. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. you know, it's
0: about to go down <laughs> and people got to keep an ear out you never know where it's going to pop up regardless of what promotion i love the fact that you mentioned earlier i'll be watching i know fighter fest is on later i think that actually was taped last week so i won't i won't get my hopes yeah. up but i know cody had mentioned on twitter i think a couple of days ago in the tweet that you were responded to um uh, that i think they're getting back to doing the open challenge i think on the seven fifteen episode next wednesday so i'll be keeping well, an I, ear out so and, well i say uh,
1: like they kind of tie like almost a whole storyline into that too you know because like you said like arn was pushing for me in wwe mm-hmm. and arn says hey you know i know this guy's one of the best of the best and i want you to prove yourself against one of the best so i brought him in here for you to fight
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> you know now you're just writing the creative form they just now they just have the book it. they don't even have to come up with it you know <laughs>
1: it writes itself man.
0: exactly it just, it just writes itself they should be paying you for the creative side of things and then just just run with it that's really all that it comes down to <laughs> right uh, with the, actually, well, two things, you mentioned the coaching stuff, which sounds fascinating. If it came down to it, would you ever consider a role doing a coaching thing at the performance center? Cause I know they've brought in people that are still in their prime as coaches to the PC. Would you ever consider that or no? Yeah.
1: You know, I, I, I think once. Uh, you know, I just decided like, you, you know, because I don't want to be in wrestling. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be wrestling forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I would like to be in wrestling as long as I can be because I just enjoy it. You know, it, it, even if it's being backstage as as an agent or, like you said, coaching or, you know, just helping out the younger guys, you know, just kind of learning their stride and stuff like to me, I th- I think that would be a lot of fun as well.
0: And with the movies, uh, where can people find the movies once they come out? Is there any like a certain website or on Amazon or something like that?
1: Well, yeah, there's are supposed to be like on Amazon and also Netflix oh, nice. uh, when they come out. So they're supposed to be out. I have a horror movie and then I have uh, a, fi- a fighting movie that uh, I just got done. And actually, I played like the I played the lead killer in the horror movie oh, and nice. then i played the lead baby face in the, in the fighting so it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good it's pretty good and then i actually just uh, got done writing a children's book not too long ago that you can find on amazon or wherever books are sold mm-hmm. uh and it's called uh, make your own luck so, oh, awesome! So it's, it's, it's a really cool. It's like one of the, you know, you read it, then you got to decide on what you know you want me to do, and then you have to go to that page. So it's it's really cool.
0: Oh, like one of the make your own endings books. Yeah. 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 Nice, nice. So you go from killing people in a horror movie to to writing children's <laughs> books the next day.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> got to have versatility as a performer. I love it. I love it. That's it. That's I love it. it. Jack great. of all trades, master of none. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, and do not have facebook so uh i had somebody not too long ago at a show come up to me and they looked at me they're like hey do you know me i was like no they're like well we've been talking on facebook and i looked at them like i don't have facebook, facebook are, are you sure i'm like yeah like you're talking to me in person and i'm telling you that i don't have it
0: <laughs> that's great hopefully they didn't take any money from that person
1: Oh, my God. And, (laughs) like, I actually do not know what's wrong with people. Like, you know, they make up so many fake accounts and, like, Mm -hmm. try to message people. I'm like, like, I don't get it.
0: If you don't see that check mark, it usually probably isn't that real person, you know?
1: It's usually not that person.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think people kind of buy into that a little too much. Uh, And people can find your website as well where all your merchandise is located, right?
1: Yeah, it's uh, go to lastcalloutlaw.com.
0: Nice. And you do all that stuff yourself, too.
1: Yeah, I actually do it all myself, and I come up with all designs. My buddy uh, makes them up and stuff, so it's it's really cool. I ship them all out myself. Like, you know, I don't want no middleman. <laughs> I want all the money. <laughs>
0: Perfect. So well, I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: It's really cool. You know, we have uh, you know we have wrestling shirts on there, as as also some of my older wrestling shirts, but we also have like workout gear and stuff that that's on there as well.
0: Nice, nice. Well, people can check that out. I got to give it the stamp of approval. I ordered a hat from you guys, a couple, or you actually, you said it was just you, um, a couple of years ago, and I think there was like a shipping issue or something. You actually emailed me directly saying that I think there was like a mix up with the the shipping, and then you had to ship it back like directly or something like that, or it went to the wrong place. But you handled it all yourself. I was like, wow, this is super cool. I'm talking to James Storm right now over email. Well, did, did you get it though? No, I, I did, it. I I did about get about it. That. I did get it, yeah. Okay. all right. <laughs> Yeah, well, no. I just,
1: I just I actually just had an issue with that not uh, this past week where somebody was just like, Hey, I, I never got my order. And, I, and I'm like, Well, it says delivered, mm-hmm. but it, it for some reason it got sent back to my PO box. Oh, and right. and I was like, Wait, why didn't it show up? And and they say, Well, it says no, that there's no such street as that. I'm like, Well, when I put it in the computer, it said, Here's the street. Mm-hmm. So I just yeah. ship it back out to the guy or whatever. But yeah, he was just like, Oh man, I think it's really cool that, you know, I'm talking to you and that you actually do it all yourself. So
0: Yeah, very few people actually, you know, do that. A lot of people go through pro wrestling tees, which is cool. I mean it's a great website and whatnot and they do a great op. they run a great operation, but it's cool to be dealing with the person yourself and you know you're not gonna get screwed over or whatever, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean I like I said, I, I enjoy doing it and if people have Problems with like the shipping, like I fixed it. You know, I'm just like, okay, well, hey here you go. I'll send you another
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. I, I thought you were going to say with the story that you were telling before about the the, the wrong delivered address. Are they going to say that it went to a different house and there was going to be like some granny down the road wearing a James Storm hat? They didn't order <laughs> it or something like that, you know? But uh, well, the
1: funny thing is, I actually went to my grandmother's and she actually has. I didn't even know she had this. She actually has the first T-shirt that I ever wore. Uh, for my first wrestling match.
0: Oh, man, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, like I, I remember autographing it and giving it to her.
0: That's like, so cool. She was cool. sitting
1: in the crowd and I gave it to her and then I signed it, whatever. It was my first wrestling signature. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's awesome. And then I asked her if I could have it and she was like, no, you're not getting this as much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Did you wear it at all or did you just hold on to it? No, she she just, she just has it put up, yeah. Nice, nice. That's fantastic. Well, James, this has been awesome. I know I took up a lot of your time here. I only said like 30, 40 minutes, and we've been talking for like an hour 15, but this has been great, James. So uh, thanks a lot, man. Uh, you've been awesome. Best luck with everything, and I'll catch you down the road. All right, you too, Graham. Big thanks to James for his time. Had a ton of fun talking to him the past two weeks now we transition into my conversation with Mr. Marceau, RJ, talking all things Extreme Rules, Raw, and before any of that, the Impact Slammiversary pay-per-view from this past weekend. Mr. Marceau, welcome back to WrestleRant Radio. How are you?
2: I'm doing great, GSMO,
0: you? Doing great, brother, especially coming off that Slammiversary pay-per-view and Tuesday's episode of Impact Wrestling. What were your thoughts on those?
2: I was pretty impressed with TNA. I mean, I haven't, I mean I'm calling it TNA. It's TNA. Time. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed with TNA. I mean... Um, I was a pretty casual fan back in the day, and then once kind of the whole Bischoff-Hogan, that fiasco kind of drizzled out, so I stopped watching TNA. I tried to get back into it last year uh, with Tessa and Sammy Callian and Gail Kim coming back, but uh, from then I kind of just died off. But yeah, I watched uh, the show last night as well. I thought it was a really good show. Um, hopefully they're not pushing Eric Young. Last time I saw him, he was in catering at WWE for <laughs> months. So hopefully they can stick away from... Overly pushing the WWE guys. I mean, Rhino beating Hernandez in like two seconds as well really pissed me off. So, what uh,
0: I thought that was perfect.
2: Yeah, but I love Super Max. You, you love be Super
0: Max. That's a good point. Did you like the stash the only, on him? The only
2: thing about Hernandez that sucks is the guy's like almost 50 years old. So, like, yeah, that's <laughs> pretty old. Gotta hang like <laughs> the hang his boots soon. But no, I mean, the some of the guys I've never seen before, like Ace Austin. I'm not really familiar with him. Chris Bay. I know Willie Mack from Luch Underground, so that was a pretty good show. I love seeing the good brothers there. I think they could be a good guest for TNA. Uh, I mean, I don't know how long they'll be there for, but um, it'll be a nice addition to their tag team division. Seems like they have a few good teams as well, so definitely going to keep checking out TNA. uh, See what happens.
0: It feels like forever ago at this point. I was not even going to ask you about this, but now that you mentioned it, did you check out the Gallows and Anderson podcast from last week in the Talkin' Shop podcast? I did not. It was where they explained their departure from the company. Did you read any of the highlights, by any chance, or no?
2: Yeah, I kind of just read over the stuff that, like, uh, kind of like the big bulletin of, like, Triple H saying that, um, like, when he saw them, he saw their kids as well. I mean, that's kind of fucked up, but, I mean, (laughs) I don't know, it's just, like, it is one of those things, like, because, like, they were saying, or they mentioned, they're like, oh, like, we, like, could have gone and worked with AEW, but, like, we stayed for the money. We're just... Obviously, I don't know the figures and they didn't really relate them, but like, if you really wanted to go work with your friends, I mean, I don't know what they're paying in AEW. I heard, I heard some of their contracts are ridiculously uh, ridiculous for some people, so I, I could only imagine how much they were offering, but if you really wanted to go hang out, with, like, go work with your friends, I mean, why would not you just go? I understand probably WWE is offering more money, but from what I've heard that some of the AEW contracts are for talent that I would consider more inferior and in how much they're making, I think they would still be getting a pretty penny, if not just a little bit less than what WWE was offering.
0: Well, so what they said was, was that WWE, of course, as we know now and back then even, was that they re-signed for, I think, five years for a lot of money, dude. Like, Yeah, it was like
2: almost a million dollars each, and they're not each? that
0: good. No, absolutely not. And listen, I like them a lot. I like the good brothers. Um, they're not worth a million dollars, neither are FTR. Really, no one... No. You know, I wouldn't
2: say, would say that they're not worth it. It's that WWE doesn't push them to be worth the money.
0: Yeah. If they
2: actually made but... them a big deal and actually people would care about them, I bet you they could bring some decent money to the company, but they're freaking catering every day. Why the hell would you offer them a million dollars each to stay? Like, yeah. That's the thing. It's like the contract might be ridiculous, but if they actually push these people and actually like that could actually – Like, have good matches and sell merchandise and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe it's worth it at the end, but you can't be giving people ludicrous contracts and you're not doing anything with them. I think that's the biggest issue.
0: Well, part of the logic was for them, as I was going to mention, that they signed five year deals with WWE, not guaranteed because their contracts are formatted in a way where they could be fired tomorrow and it doesn't even matter. So, that's just the way the contracts work in WWE. But I guess with AEW, yeah, they'd be working with their friends and they had this huge angle plan where they would debut on the first Dynamite show and attack the Young Bucks and Omega, which, not that we expected that part, but a lot of us expected them to show up on that first episode had they signed. It just seemed to make sense because their contracts, I believe, were up in September. Um, But with AEW, I think it was a lesser amount, they said, and it was only going to be for two years for something that wasn't a sure thing. So I kind of get it. And, you know, and AJ also prompted them to stay because they get to work with AJ, one of their friends, and the Young Bucks are their friends too. So I get it. I think... Not that they made the right decision, because first of all, how would they know a pandemic would hit? They were just involved in one of the main events of WrestleMania, not wrestling, yeah, of course. Know but, that. you know, I, I don't know if the pandemic was entirely the problem, because they would have released them maybe even anyway if they were on the chopping block. Carl Anderson was one of the first people to let go. Um, it's not like they were one of the last people that did. Carl Anderson's name was one of the first people that was announced to be released from the company back in April. So I don't know. Um, but it's cool that you know. In a certain way, they're not entirely blaming the company. I don't believe the narrative that, oh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Paul Heyman is a liar. I mean, that really isn't any breaking news. I mean, that's
2: that's that's not, like you said, that's not breaking news. He's been a liar since he's been in the wrestling business.
0: Exactly. Well, they were saying that, oh, it was Paul Heyman's fault that we were fired, and AJ went to Vince saying that it was Paul Heyman's fault. It's like, doesn't Vince run on a company? Like, if he didn't want to fire Gallows and Anderson, couldn't he have just said, like, no, save their names from getting fired? He's like, oh, they weren't on my list, but... We let him go, like, I don't know, that's just a little bizarre that they would direct their frustration toward Paul Heyman solely and not Vince too. But anyway, um, I, I thought it was a good podcast, well worth checking out, cool to see him in Impact. That's where they actually almost went before they went to WWE. I can't imagine a world where AJ, after the run that he had over in New Japan about five, six years ago, that he and Gallows and Anderson would have gone to TNA instead, dude. I just, I I can't even fathom a world where that would have even happened, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, TNA was kind of, not the drizzling shits, but they were pretty, as low as they've come probably with uh, just mentions and just like, they had no buzz at that point. So maybe like them going would have been the buzz, but the issue with TNA is they just can't, I mean, I understand it too, because it's just like, if you're kind of trying to make your name, you get big in impact and then either WWE or AEW calls and they're offering more money. I mean, yeah, I understand that, but just really just can never... Once they start getting hot, it's just they start losing the big-name players that they have, and then it's kind of back in the toilet again for
0: them. Well, going forward, I think they made some right calls, because they brought in a lot of people this past weekend. Between the pay-per-view on Saturday and Tuesday's episode of Impact, they announced that, again, this is in for everyone, but Brian Myers, the, form, the former Kurt Hawkins, is um, set to debut soon. I think that's a good get for them. If they were to put the world title on him, obviously that would be a step too far, but it looks like they're breaking away from the you know, Hawkins and Ryder tag team, which is great. I really, have, I mean, they're a great tag team, but I think Ryder has more to offer on his own than, than Hawkins does. So I'm, I'm glad they're kind of um, going their separate ways. But, you know, they brought in EC3, Eric Young, you mentioned, the Motor City Machine Guns are the new tag team champions for the first time in a decade, which if you can believe that is crazy. Um, but I think they're, they're spending their money well, the, you know, obviously Gallows and Anderson, because they just lost Tessa Blanchard. And I'm sure that they were paying her a lot of money, She was problematic, and I'm a big Tessa guy. You're a big Tessa guy. She was problematic, so they let her go. She was going to leave anyway, whatever. Michael Elgin, I think they brought in for a lot of money. He's since been fired. Joey Ryan as well. So I think they made the right calls in uh, bringing in who they did and not spending money on, you know, just frivolously on, on the wrong people, like a Rowan or a No Way Jose, as I mentioned to you before we got going here. Um kind of a dumb question because you kind of mentioned the the history with Impact. Do you think they can sustain the momentum going forward coming off all the, you know, positive buzz they got with the pay-per-view on Sunday or Saturday rather?
2: I think for a short period of time, but it's like one of those things like like I said before, it's like it's basically like an independent promotion with a little budget and then guys go there or girls go there to get like some experience or a bigger name, and then they eventually leave TNA. I mean, that's kind of been – since kind of the whole big – once Hogan and Bischoff left and they kind of left TNA in shambles, that's pretty much been the case. Any big name or any big star that they've built up have all left, which kind Mm. of sucks for them because, like, they're doing some dirty work to get these people over, kind of get them more exposure, and then they just leave TNA. I mean, it's just – I don't know. I just think the damage is done with TNA. I mean, I I enjoyed the show last night. I just don't think I'll ever get back to, not like it was a big level, but the level that they used to be at. I just don't think that's going to be possible, especially with AEW and WWE just kind of poaching their talent once they kind of get to a certain level.
0: Again, a lot of good gets. I thought they picked up a lot of good people that I think could thrive there from an EC3 who obviously made his name there even before he was in, you know, he was in WWE originally, but it was an impact where he really made a name for himself, got enough buzz in order to make it back to WWE, albeit he was, you know, abused and misused there, but, you know, it was worth a shot and whatever. Um, but, you know, they brought back EC3, Gallows, and Anderson. Diana perrazzo has been back for a couple of months now. She's now the new Knockouts champion, and they have a great division over there with the women. Uh, is there anyone that was recently released or anywhere else in, in wrestling? I mean, obviously the, the big question is, oh, is this person going to WWE or to AEW? Is there anyone out there right now that you think would be a good fit for Impact to help them sustain the momentum, or do you think they have a good roster from what you've seen so far um, with who they've signed in the last couple of months?
2: Um, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't know anyone in particular. I think they have a good roster as it is right now. I mean, don't know their tag team division too well. Um, I mean, I'm just came back in. So, I think, uh, if, like I said, I don't know it too well. So, I think they could probably do some more tag teams. The women's division from a quick saw, like quick couple matches and a little background research that I saw. They have a decent women's division. They have a decent amount of uh, good women. So, I wouldn't even say they need women at this point. Um, the men, like you said, they got some good gets it's kind of tough with it all being kind of all WWE what you consider rejects. I mean, I like, so I think EC3 made his name at TNA. So, I mean, I don't think it's too bad for him, but like you said, like Kurt Hawkins or Keith Slater or e- e- Eric Young, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I couldn't take them seriously. in like a, in a big role, I think they would have to build them up a little bit before I can actually take them seriously. So I, I think they're doing well, I, I, what they can do and kind of the budget they're working with. But uh, I think the, Great passions of TNA, and the good days are kind of unfortunately behind them.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think they have some newfound momentum right now. They got a good roster, from what you know I've seen. They have a pretty good tag team division. Um, that needs work. They have the North and Machine Guns are back. Um, Gallows and Anderson, of course, as well. So we'll see what kind of happens with them going forward. But did you know that the hottest free agent out there right now? It's not a Gallows and Anderson. It's not an EC3. It's not someone who appeared in Impact even. It's actually someone who appeared on dark last night, my friend, and that's Tino Sabatelli making his first uh, televised appearance on, on YouTube. That is in over two and a half years, your favorite wrestler, RJ back on dark. albeit not signed. As far as I know, what were your thoughts on the return of Sabatelli or rather savvy, excuse me, to the ring on Tuesday night.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's my favorite, but I think, I think he had a great, a big, great potential in NXT. I mean, his theme alone was amazing. He has a great look. Um, just kind of the issue with him is, I feel like whenever he was on NXT, whenever they, he was going to get a push either on his own or with Riddick Moss. He guy was the guy just kept getting hurt. I mean, I understand that they invested a, little, a good amount of time in him, but he's not the youngest guy. I think he's in his mid thirties at this point, and like he is good. He's still very green, and I just think he, so if, he, if it was just built on luck, the guy would be WWE champion. But. Um, I just, the guy just constantly was getting hurt in NXT. And I could, I just, I like, once I saw that he wasn't with NXT anymore, I wasn't too far surprised. Like I said, he's definitely good. They put some time into him, but when you can't count on him to ever be healthy, I mean, you just got to cut bait at some point. But it was nice to see him back in the ring. I mean, I don't think Impact or AEW will sign with their full deal. I just think he's still pretty green. He's like, he is getting old, but hey, who knows? Maybe they they pick him up and turn him into something. But um, it was good to see him back, but. Losing on Dark doesn't, uh, doesn't really sound like his bright future.
0: It's worth noting that AEW has been using, or we, we, we've seen a lot of NXT, I don't want to say rejects, but people that were released from NXT, um, you know, a couple of months ago in the mass cuts, have actually appeared on AEW. Now, I know Deonna Peraza is now an Impact, but obviously Sabby Tino Sabatelli, was on Dark this week. MJ Jenkins was on, uh, I think, Dynamite last week, and she was in NXT. And they've also, they haven't used him yet, but he's appeared in the crowd. Uh, Cesaro Bononi. He's been on NXT yep. a bunch of times. You, you know who I'm talking about, right?
2: Yeah, he's like the tall Brazilian
0: guy. I know yes. Who you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. He beat like Andrade one time on TV a number of years ago. That was his claim to fame. He's been appearing in the crowd for the last couple of weeks on Dynamite. Don't know what the deal is there. Um, Is there anyone else that you would like to see AEW pick up? I know Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, is a very popular name that will very likely... He could be on AEW right now. We're recording this on Wednesday before Dynamite. This is going up on Thursday. He could have accepted the Open Challenge on Wednesday, for all we know. Is there anyone else of the WWE cuts from the main roster, from NXT, that you would like to see? And is Tainara Conti one of them?
2: I was literally about to say, they can hear some (laughs) women, I mean... I don't know. Like that was kind of weird with her. I really like Tyna I mean, very green. Obviously, wasn't really into the. She was. I think. I think her first kind of wrestling experience was through TNA or NXT through the Performance Center. But I thought she had a really good look. I liked the gimmick. They seemed like they were pushing her at some points, but then they just kind of pulled the rug underneath her. I'm not sure if she kept getting hurt or, or maybe they just weren't satisfied with what she was doing in the ring. But it seemed that the very right before she got cut, they were they were starting to use her a little bit more, and then she got taken off TV again, and then. Was released, so I, I I think she has a good look. I think not the greatest wrestler, but I mean, like, like I said, she just started wrestling. Can't expect her to be uh, the greatest thing of all time, but I think she'd be a good get for their division. I, it just sucks for them. A lot of their women aren't hurt, so mm-hmm. they don't really have too much, and they really haven't done too well building anyone up. Um, so I think it will be a good get for for AEW. Uh, just any kind of any kind of woman, some name recognition would be helpful as well i um, not sure when Britt Baker's coming back. Big Swall, Don't care. Um, <laughs> this, that's kind of the issue, like, with my issue, at least with AEW. Like, I really like Sheeta. Riho, you haven't seen her since the pandemic. Nyla Rose, like, she's, she's grown on me, but it, it's kind of already been there. Like, obviously she's going to get more reigns, but she's already lost a Sheeta already. So kind of want new challengers and just maybe Rose wins the belt down the line or Britt Baker, but besides – cheat on Britt Baker I just, there's no one else really that I care for that women's division so I would just say bolster up the women's division I I would say get Tessa but I think she's more I think she's WWE bound so
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, we'll see what happens but I just need more women
0: well this question might be irrelevant after what happened on Dynamite if she, assuming she won or lost I don't know I'm, I'm thinking she won but I don't know as we record this before the show Ivalice though do you think she would be a good get for their women's division
2: oh yeah I really like Ivalice I think that would be a good get as well um, I don't know where she's been since Lucha closed up, but uh, I really liked her in uh, NXT and then when she went to Lucha, so I think she'd be a good get. Interesting to see what they do with her, but I would say, it's hey, it's better than nothing.
0: Hey, don't forget about Tough Enough, too. That's where she got her uh, recognition from. The 2011 yeah. season.
2: Yeah, it's better than the zombie girl.
0: <laughs> Dude, what was the point of that? They signed Abaddon. Unless she's in quarantine or something, why would you sign... And I know They've used her before, but like they, they have her win. They sign her. We haven't seen her in a month. What was the point?
2: Like you said, maybe she's in quarantine. I don't know. Man. I like I like the look of the other girls. Sarah J, I think it is. Like you <laughs> you J- keep saying it's Sarah J.
0: It's Anna J. But yeah, you can call her Sarah J. Whatever.
2: Okay, so, well, until she wins the match, she's Sarah J to me. So. <laughs> um, I thought she has a great look. I thought, they, like you said, they put a vignette for her. They kind of, like, pumped up her debut. And then she lost to Annabelle or whatever the fuck her name is. So... I don't know. Hopefully, like I said, they can build up more women because at this point, it's a lot of shit on Rose. That's a
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So hopefully they can. Uh, we transition now from AEW Impact Talk to WWE, specifically the horror show at Extreme Rules from Sunday. Um, I did not watch live. I did watch on delay, so I wasn't kind of catching up with the live reactions until afterward. Listen, I might be in the minority here, dude, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, and we kind of already discussed this over text uh, on Sunday, Monday. I didn't hate the show. I didn't love the show. I thought all the other pay-per-views they've done recently, maybe not Backlash. Backlash, honestly, might have been worse. Um, I, I enjoyed Money in the Bank. I actually liked WrestleMania. This wasn't one of their better shows, but I thought it had enough good matches, enough worthwhile matches to make the show decent. I thought the opening tag team title match was good. I thought the eye-for-an-eye eye match before the dumb finish was good. I thought the uh, Raw Women's Championship match was great, I thought even the WWE title match, even though I never really thought Ziggler would win, I thought that was a really good match too. Um, what were your overall thoughts before we get into certain highlights here from the Extreme Rules pay per view on Sunday?
2: No, I thought it was a good show as well. Um, I thought it started off good, and then once it got to uh, once it got to the eye for eye match, I just like you said, that finish was really stupid. It really didn't do anything for either guy, but. I thought the W Championship match was good as well, but like you said, Ziggler, I didn't think he had any chance of winning, so that was kind of a letdown, but um, didn't like the swap fight really at all, so that was another, I would say, detractor for me, but I thought the beginning of the show was good, I thought up till the Eye for Eye match, I thought everything was at least good to decent, and then kind of the ending was a little meh for me, but the show as a whole, like you said, was good, but I I can't even tell you what happened at Backlash, so... I can't really say that it was a great show. I really enjoyed it. I thought Money in the Bank was a solid show as well. Um, and I enjoyed WrestleMania. So I, I wouldn't say it was the best show they've had, but um, it, was, I, it kept my attention for a little bit at least.
0: We did have one title change in the SmackDown Tag Team titles, changing hands to Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. I thought it was a very good opener, not the greatest tables match I've ever seen, but I thought it was a good match. Um, nice to see some new blood, I guess. Hold the tag titles. I say new blood, uh, and that Nakamura is, has never before been a tag team champion in WWE, but Cesaro is like literally a seven-time champion. He's held the titles before with The Bar multiple times with Sheamus, um, Tyson Kidd as well, and now Nakamura. Good match. I like the change of pace with the new champions, but dude, that SmackDown tag team division needs help. Does this really change anything aside from just putting a, a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound? No,
2: I completely agree with you. That's That was kind of my one detractor of this match, like... I enjoy, I, I, I mean, I love Shinsuke, Shinsuke, a big, big fan of Shinsuke since being called up from, from NXT, but they've just dropped the ball with the guy, losing their gender and having meaningless intercontinental title runs, and just, they haven't done anything for me for the, and I really was a big fan of Shinsuke, I mean, Randy Cruz posted all the time, but like, the, his debut on SmackDown, like, I get chills, mm-hmm. oh, Shinsuke debuted at like, that pop of the crowd, just, just all that stuff, and. I just feel like they've kind of dropped the ball with the guy. I mean, like I said, it's not been the worst run, but they could have been doing so much more with him. And it's nice to see him get, a, a, I guess, to get a tag team title on not like it really means much. But um, it's nice to see him win and kind of get some recognition. But like you said, the tag team division as a whole just just isn't there. I think one of the Usos is hurt, so they're not doing anything. Love the New Day, but, I mean, come on. How many times can they just... I love the New Day, but they just have been so, so overexposed on SmackDown. It's just been champions the whole. They're always in the title picture. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish that they would, I guess, branch off. I don't even know if branch off is the right way to say it. Just to have them do something besides work in the tag team division for a little bit. And just, like, make me not think of them. I just feel like they're always in the tag team ch- championship picture and just it's kind of over at this point. I just, I hope that they can kind of, Fear off a little bit, then maybe come back, or just—I mean—I want to see the group break up because I think they're still pretty popular. But just get all the tag division, just give more um, spotlight to other teams. But like the issue is, who else is there? Mm-hmm. Is it Morrison? They've kind of floundered since losing LeBron. Um, I think that like Lucha House Party. Come on, who cares? So <laughs> <laughs> just one of those things that
0: Forgotten Sons, though.
2: God, who cares? Yeah, I forgot, <laughs> forgot about the Forgotten Sons. Exactly. But it's just, yeah, the tag team division as a whole just isn't great. And like you said, it's basically putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot one. Like, it's nice to see new champs, but does it really mean anything? The division's terrible.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I feel I just, like... Go ahead. I just don't think there's, like, there's no win situation. Like, yes, it's nice that new people are tag team champions. Yes, it's nice that Shinsuke got, like, is going to get a decent run. But does it really mean anything? The division's terrible
0: exactly it's just it's just a filler role before they drop the belts right back to the new day like Miz and Morrison did you know in, in, either at SummerSlam or the September Clash of Champions pay-per-view whatever it's cool but like almost every guy in this match should be doing a lot more than they should be like, dude fucking Nakamura is a former Royal Rumble winner and he's relegated to this shit you know, and again, this stuff is fine, but like the tag team division means nothing. Cesaro, how many times can we go over this? I mean, the guy's two Swiss, apparently, which is why he hasn't already been world champion three times over. Um, Biggie has a lot of potential. I feel like they're kind of closing in on that window there. They got to start doing more with him on his own. And God for sakes, Kofi Kingston, I mean, this was... Not Gamora was at least in the championship picture two years ago. Kofi was champion less than a year ago. I feel like, I, I feel like they pulled a, a, a Men in Black on us and put that little, like, memory wipe thing up to our faces and made you completely forget that the guy was ever WWE champion based off how he's been booked so far. I, like, that's a guy right there. The main event scene on SmackDown is so razor-thin that they could use a guy like Kofi towards the top of the card, you know?
2: No, I completely agree. I just... I think it's one of the – it's – normally when you take two single guys and make them in their tag team, yeah, it does work for some people, but mm-hmm. even when they are, like Sheamus and Cesaro could be bigger than the tag team. Yeah, they were great as a tag team, but I think they're bigger – they're more important. They could be in a bigger role than that. So, like I said, yeah. it's nice to see Kinsuke doing something of importance, but when the tag team vision means nothing, it doesn't really
0: do much for anyone. So also on this show, we were supposed to get MVP in Apollo Crews for the United States Championship. Doesn't happen. MVP declares himself the new champion, which, of course, he is not. Um, kind of tying into Raw, which I'll mention right here as well, because it's kind of the same thing. We had the return of not Apollo Cruz, who I assume is out due to COVID, although that hasn't been confirmed yet. We had the return of Mustafa Ali for the first time in about seven months. Um, and I've seen some theories as to what they might do with Ali and Cruz, and maybe turning him a heel, joining uh, MVP and Apollo uh, and Apollo Crews. Uh, Bobby Lashley. So uh, the championship scene is interesting right now. I guess Stephanie couldn't be bothered to address the the United States championship when she was on raw this week, she only talked about the raw women's title. So, you know, fuck the United States championship, I guess. Um, but what are your thoughts RJ on the development of the U S title scene in recent weeks and the return of Mustafa Ali in Monday's raw?
2: Um, it was interesting. I mean, I definitely didn't think that was gonna happen on Sunday. I was ready for a match, and then they kind of MVP declared himself as champion. I was like, "What's this garbage?" Like they said, he had like some kind. Of, they said Apollo had some injury, but like they also, were, I think, like you said, I think it's something COVID related because obviously they were booking the ma- they were still booking the match in this from starting on Monday. So. Yeah, something must have happened there, but um, it's nice to see Ollie back. I, I just I don't think they've they just need to book him correctly. I mean, I think he's good as a mid card babyface, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. But like I said, I think it'd be nice uh, if they once Apollo does come back, he just turn heel on Ollie and join that group. Um, I think they could use some more younger talent to kind of try to get over. So I I would definitely be down for Apollo joining the group with MVP and Lashley and chilling.
0: Yeah, no, I would love to see it. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Shelton joined the group as well on Monday's Raw, winning the 24-7 championship from our truth uh, You know, again, we were skeptical about a month or so ago when it was initially rumored that Ali would be moving from SmackDown to Raw, just because they did nothing with him on SmackDown. It's the same people writing the show at this point. What's the difference? But they actually gave him a pretty good return on Raw, uh, not only winning the, you know, not only their team winning, but he actually won the match for his team by pinning MVP, who has been, you know, pretty protected in recent weeks. So, I, I would love to see him as champion at some point. He has a lot of untapped potential. But this has got to mean, dude, that the hacker storyline is dead, right?
2: Yeah, I I, I I, mean, it has to be. I think the worst part is that was something that people were actually interested in. So, it's kind of crazy they just dropped the ball so quickly on that, I think. It was definitely something I, I didn't watch SmackDown on the regular, but I know I would see those vignettes each week and it had my interest. I, I think we all kind of figured it was going to be Ali, but... Um, had my interest for a little bit and then they kind of just dropped the ball at that. So I would, I would assume that's it's gone now that he's back, but uh, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm not entirely optimistic that that loose end will ever be tied up considering just WWE's track record, but I guess time will tell. So also from the pay-per-view again, I enjoyed the show kind of going back to your overall thoughts on it because of the wrestling, but the bad finishes really ruined it for me. And I know you're in the same camp as I am, that we hate interference, we hate the smoke, we hate the smoke and mirrors, we hate all this dumb bullshit. And I saw some people saying, oh, it's Attitude Era-esque. Like, this is what makes the Attitude Era so great. Dude, fucking keep that shit in 99. Like, I don't need to see this shit in 2020 on pay-per-view. When I'm talking about the eye-for-an-eye eye garbage, I'm talking about the finish of the Raw Women's Championship match. I mean, come on, this is just nonsensical bullshit.
2: Yeah, I, I just I – th- I think um, just the f- bad finishes really – it's like you can have a great match, but the finish sucks. You just, It's all they talk about. That's pretty much the women's championship match in a nutshell. That was a great match. I think that they had one of the better women's matches I've seen them in, the, in the last couple of months, even years, and then all people are talking about the stupid finish. Like, I just, I just don't – it really did nothing – because it's not even like she, like, technically – it's not even like she won the championship so it was even worth it nothing even like she's basically holding the belt that she didn't win I'm assuming she'll lose next week but like what was the purpose of it I guess Sasha not losing clean there but I mean just have Bailey I just uh I thought that like that kind of ruined that match for me I thought it was a really good match but the ending was just stupid
0: yeah no it was just dumb And know I know why they did it I know that they did it to make people look forward to raw the next night but the ratings weren't even all that much higher than they normally are so I feel like these attempts to get people to look forward to the show... Now, advertising stuff in advance, I do like. But these attempts to get people to watch the show based off this controversial booking on pay-per-view, it's not going to make me want to watch Raw. It's just going to make me want to watch the pay-per-views a lot less, correct?
2: Yeah, but um, I think it's the issue with the, with the ratings. I thought Raw was actually a pretty good show on Monday. No, I agree. I,
0: mean, I, mean, I agree. It
2: the thing is, I think at this point, people that aren't tuning into No Crowds WWE, they're not going to tune in regardless, so like having, like you said, controversial finishes or kind of weird booking decisions, I don't think that's really going to get those people back. It's it's just, at this point, it is what it is, and I hate the of people saying, oh, wrestling sucks right now, and did you see wrestling in 2011, 2010? Raw was unbearable to watch. (laughs)
0: Like,
2: is it the greatest? No, but compared to past years, it's, I would say it's way, way better than, like, like I said, 2010, 2011, I'd fucking fast-forward through Raw every week and not Mm. even
0: watch it. It was pretty bad, dude. It was pretty bad. I tweeted as much on Monday, and I had a lot of people agreeing, just because you go back to 09, someone specifically replied and mentioned how we had the guest host gimmick back then. We had Snoop Dogg brawling with Chavo Guerrero, and we had Cedric the Entertainer out there. Dude, who gives a fuck? Who cares? You know, like, they had Bob Barker one episode, which was amazing, but I feel like people... Not that people sit here and say, oh, that was such a great era of Raw, and the, the Raw ratings were still strong because they had all the established stars like Cena, Batista, Triple H, Orton. And we've talked about this a million times. We don't have to go into great detail about it again right now. But they had the established stars. And now it should have been the time that they were building up the next generation. Oh, you know, that there was the Jack Swaggers of the world and the Alberto Del Rios and the fucking, you know, I say Drew McIntyre, but he's actually rebounded and done well for himself. Um, Sheamus was another one. You know, he he's been successful, but not the top guy they were hoping for. You know, I could go on and on. Oh, then the Miz yeah, was another th- one.
2: This is a good question. So you said like build those stars. The thing is, I think they try to build those people up. It just they just weren't the right people.
0: Yes, yes, that was also around the time though that they signed Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, and they've all become top stars. Not not tippity-top, like Cena, Batista, Edge, Orton, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like... I like, I like Swagger,
2: sure. but I just don't think he... Like, Sheamus, I think, for what he, they built him up for, I think he's had a good career. I mean, like I said, I don't think he's the top guy that they probably thought he was going to be, but compared to other guys, he's had a really good career. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Swagger, I just, I don't know, I just never really saw it with him. I mean, I'm not surprised that I would feel. Del Rio, guy's just a piece of shit, so... <laughs> either but i don't know he i think he was just grasping for straws for uh, like a hispanic or latino star once ray mysterio left and he they he just kind of was the guy that they pushed i liked him i just i don't know just he just was never like i don't even know how to describe him like it, he just was not the right guy for him. like i think if it was if you put any other like if you put like andrade or like Uh, Santos Escobar in that same situation and was given the same push that Del Rio was, I feel like they would be bigger stars than he was. He was just, I don't think he was that really that good in the ring and his just promo work was horrendous. If I had to hear Chihuahua one more time, I will fucking blow my brains out.
0: (laughs) No, I agree, but I feel like they did have a few people like Punk and Bryan who, again, went on a great success, but not... At the level that they may have, like I know Brian got hurt. That's one thing, but like Brian had a very good career in the Independence, and he came in with a lot of buzz. They put him on the fucking competition throwaway NXT show in 2010. Like, you could have done a little more with him, and of course they built him up after that. But that's because people yeah. wanted this. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, the issue with Brian. I mean, I'm not. I mean, this is just the truth. This is the Vince McMahon. He just is, he just looks like an accountant. I mean, for Vince McMahon and the stars, they want to build. You got to cut like. He one of the bigger, like the bigger than life characters. Like, I don't see Daniel Bryan, unfortunately, getting to like John Cena and level. Honestly, based on his size, like he looked like you're like cable guy. I like he's a great wrestler, but that's not gonna like that doesn't bring casual fans in. Like, they need the bigger, larger than life character, like John Cena. Like you said, the larger than life characters will get the casuals like entertained. So I can see where they're going with it, but like I just don't think he would, he's, would ever get to that. Like level like the B plus level I would say like wrestling wise he's like AA plus but actually being a star I would say he that's like that's where he is like a B plus like he's a good supporting guy but he'll never be the guy
0: well what about the guys from like the late 2000s like I go back to 2008 when Punk won the world championship for the first time and I don't know if he could have been a big star but he was popular and they instead yep. chose to focus on Shawn Michaels, Cena, Batista Chris Jericho who were all great they were great at that point The issue is that they weren't focusing on the next generation, I feel. Punk was one of those guys early on. I don't know. I mean, Punk could have been a top guy. These guys I'm not too too sure about. We've mentioned them before, but you got your Ken Kennedys, your MVPs, Shelton Benjamins. Do you think any of those guys could have been the next? Umaga being another one. He he was fed to Cena within a year. Um, I mean, any of those guys come to mind? Jeff Hardy, kind of, a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, I just, like... I think those guys are all great in supporting roles. I think they're all good mid card guys. Um, it's just like you said, it just I don't know if it just they weren't the right people or just they were just like kind of milking scene on stuff like that. I just I think at that point like yeah, like like you said, WWE at this point has come to like if you're watching WWE you watching for the product. It's not like they have that big superstar that you're gonna tune in every week. I still think back then they did have like, you tune in to Raw to watch Cena and all that stuff. I just – I love Roman. I love Rollins. I just don't think they're at that level yet. I don't even think they're really close to that level. I think they're good star, good wrestlers, and they're probably the two biggest stars right now that they have. It just – they're just not to the level that Cena, Batista, Orton, like, all those guys were, like, in their prime. They just weren't – aren't the mainstream names that that they kind of need. So, it just <sighs> – I just, they, it's tough, because like I said, I think nowadays, it does, you don't need that star because people are just going to watch. Like You're going for the product itself, you're not going for like that one big name. Mm-hmm. But like someone like me, or you, or mm-hmm. someone that's more casual, like you watch certain things, like I'll tune in to Raw if like Randy Orton's on, or Rollins is on, and X, Y, and Z. That's like the same thing with AEW. Do I love everything they do? No. But like, if I see like MGF's wrestling or Hangman's going to wrestle, like, I'll definitely tune in because those are guys I really like. But as a whole, it's not like I'm like, oh, everything's great. It's to this point, that's what WWE's come to. It's just like you're buying into the product, not like the big name. And then everyone else is. I think Shellen, MVP, Ken Kennedy, like, all those guys were great supporting guys. And then they had the big stars. I'm just not sure they could have. They just had so much focus on the big names. I just don't think anyone, even like you put Rollins and Reigns. Maybe Reigns is of his size, but like if Ro- Rollins would have been like Jeff Hardy back then, if he was wrestling in that era, like I don't think he would have gotten like the higher praise of his now if he was back then. I just don't think they they were just milking the scene at Triple H, but like they're built, they were just milking the big names as as long as they could, and just never really uh, gave those younger guys like a spot to really run with it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, is there something to be said for focusing on the brand and not particular people? And we've had this conversation before amongst ourselves. I know you've sent in questions about it for Hashtag, but, you know, when they do build around certain people, people like a Rock or a John Cena, they eventually leave. So you think there is something to be said for building around the brand and not one particular person?
2: Yeah, you want a strong brand. You want a strong brand as a whole, I I would think. Um, I think it was one of those things, especially for Vince, kind of the way that the industry went, like since he took over, they always had, like, that big star. Um, like, Brett, Sean, Rock, Austin, Triple H, Cena, uh, Randy Orton. Like, they, th- since he, like, took over, they always had, like, that big face. I think right now, they like, I would say Rons and Reigns are probably on the, on the same level. I just don't think they're at that stratosphere of stardom that those other guys were. So I think at this point, you need to start building around more guys and just making more people mean something. And not for, obviously you're not gonna have that big star, but make ever just elevate more guys to not maybe be the superstar, but it's just not that it's sad. But I, I honestly think as a casual person, if you're watching Raw or SmackDown, like the, not that it's a bad thing, but like the women are more of a, of a I would say they're more focus point, like Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey, and especially when Becky was around Ronda Rousey. Like last couple of years, they focus more on the women. It's not like it's a bad thing, but. Clearly, they haven't put more emphasis on the men, and I feel like it's kind of you can kind of see, especially now that Brock's gone. I mean, they were freaking shoving Brock down our throats. I mean, he was a star, and at this point, now that he's not there, it's just another person that they've like you said, like Rock and Cena that have gone away. Now you're kind of left with. I love Drew. He's. I think he's given more time, he can be big, but he's like Dolph Ziggler. I mean, come on, and like they just need to build up more stars. And I feel like it's to the point of that. I think that's why people are tuning out because there's no big stars anymore and they really haven't focused on anyone else.
0: Yeah, a big part of that too is that, that you mentioned Brock Lesnar. That's, a, that's such a great example because you know how many people they've fed to Brock Lesnar over the years, which again is fine. Brock should not be losing every match that he has, but there's got to be some sort of payoff and they had to repeat him at WrestleMania, which is great. Brock has not yet gotten his win back. That could always change at some point. I honestly expect it to. Um, but you know, he, he beat a lot of people that he probably shouldn't have beaten people that were on the cusp of greatness, people like a Samoa Joe who had a lot of momentum when he got beat. Braun Strowman being another one is probably the most prominent example. How many times did they fucking do that match and Braun lost every single time? Um, Braun's finally getting his run right now in the form of the universal championship. He did not defend it on Sunday, but he did have a swamp fight with Bray. Uh, again, a lot of mixed reactions to this. I know you had your own thoughts as well. Uh, what were they, Mr. Marceau? I thought
2: this I just I I thought the first two cinematic matches were good. I liked the Cena one. The Cena and Bray one was like strictly storytelling. Like there wasn't really any wrestling. I thought it like served the purpose, especially being an older fan, knowing Cena, his upbringing, kind of his faults, and like the way the story they told there. I loved that match. I thought it was great, especially for what they did. And I really enjoyed the Boneyard match. I thought that was a good like cinematic fight. Like had its parts, had its good little cameos. Thought it was great. Um, money in the bank I mean I thought it was okay I, I think it had some silly points and so I didn't think the right people really won that match but that's another story for another day but and then the the abomination at Backlash holy shit that was <laughs> terrible um, so I, I I had high hopes I just I don't know I just it was more of like a storytelling I, I was kind of hoping for a fight I didn't really get the bron- like I understand like he got tatted by his old, old self but it just like I mean realistically it makes no fucking sense um i love the alexa bliss cameo and kind of like the sister abigail thing like i really enjoyed that i thought that was really interesting but like any of the kind of fight scenes like the random guy just fighting braun kind of seemed really random and then the, the small interactions that he had with bray were just kind of okay i guess and the ending was just like he basically drowned him to death basically so is braun dead he's alive mm-hmm. um, i thought it was all right i don't think it was i think we discussed in text it's probably I would say it was definitely behind Bowen Yard and Firefly Funhouse, and it was definitely above that fucking backlash nightmare. So it was what it was. It just, like I said, it wasn't for the title, so it will be interesting to see what they do with Braun next I like the Alexa Bliss cameo I fucking marked out for that the whole mix Mac challenge little team a little bit that was... <laughs> yeah. but besides that I thought the rest of the match was pretty forgettable
0: I was going to ask what your thoughts on that were I know you had texted me about it but I, I didn't know if you said oh I liked it except for that one awful part or if the rest wasn't good and I just liked that one part and that's what it was Um, I, I liked yeah, it too I liked
2: that part the rest was just eh
0: yeah no no I agree I agree I enjoyed it for what it was I liked the ending I liked the fiend popping out whatever um, a little hokey, but, you know, whatever, that's just me. I hated the backlash, shit. so it's not like, oh, cinematic match, A++. Like, no, a lot of them, you know, some are better than others. Um, I-, I thought this was fine. I liked the Alexa Bliss thing, too. I don't even know if it was random. Like, a lot of the Bray stuff has a purpose, and clearly they did that because it- Sister Abigail is not supposed to be Alexa Bliss, clearly. Anyone who thinks that is an idiot. They did that as a way to kind of lure Braun over to Bray, Um, show that Braun's always had a thing for Alexa Bliss, Surprise, surprise, and I doubt it leads to anything. I don't think we see any follow-up with those two on SmackDown, although Alexa Bliss has been acting strange on SmackDown lately, so I don't know if that that has something to do with it or if she's going to break away from Nikki. Who knows? But, yeah, I thought I thought it was well done. Um, overall, I thought the show was fine. Not great, not, you know, worth watching from start to finish. But I will say, dude, you got to agree, the best part about these shows is I think backlash was a little over three hours, but this show, the best part about it was that it was like two and a half hours. That's gotta be like perfect.
2: No, the, the, the money in the bank show was, was like perfect. Just like that dish. The, the length of the show was perfect. It wasn't too long. Everything got, it's not, everything was like overly done. It was perfect. Just like money in the bank. I thought money in the bank was perfect. Over at nine 30 left someone on a I guess a good note, And then just, that was it. And I, I I Actually, I watched the uh, Undertaker thing after. I thought that was pretty entertaining as well. But, uh, no, I think the time, especially if it's on a big show, like, don't throw extra matches on the cart just to do it. I, I'm fine with Randy Orton and Big Show being on Monday night. Even though it was unsanctioned match, probably should have been had ex- Extreme Rules. But, hey, the two and a half hours, I'll take it any day of the week.
0: I mean, it only took a pandemic for them to start shortening their shows, but <laughs> it's better than nothing, so... I thought that was a step in the right direction. If only they could do that for Raw, which they won't, but you know, one can hope. Uh, You mentioned the Undertaker show. I thought it was good too. I enjoyed it. I watched it Sunday after the show as well. Uh, Was there any one favorite story that you had from the episode? Um, I
2: just think they're all pretty funny. I thought they were all good. They had their little quirks and stuff. I thought I thought it was. I like seeing that stuff. I like hearing like old stories and stuff like that. So I would definitely check it out if you're interested in that stuff. I just like when. uh, I mean, wrestlers, managers, anyone back in the business back in the day, just kind of tell old road stories or kind of what was going back on in the de- in the day. So I, I definitely enjoyed it for, for what it was.
0: Yeah, they had quite a few cameos, too, in addition to Taker, obviously. They had the Godfather. I thought the Godfather story was great about the hat. They were fighting over the hat. I thought that was great. Um, the Bruce Pritchard one was quick when he was like driving through like a sketchy town. And they got directions and they almost got jumped, but Taker like intimidated the guy. I thought that was cool too. So, uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out. It's only like 20 minutes on the network. So, uh, if, you, if you're looking for something to watch during SmackDown this week because you don't care to watch the Blue Brand, <laughs> watch that instead. Um, real quickly, though, from Raw as we wind down here, I thought it was a good show. Um, not too much of a lot of note happening, uh, but I did think the three hours kind of flew by. The right people won. We had Ali return. New 24-7 champion. We kind of talked about that already. Um, Orton Big Show was exactly what it needed to be, in my opinion. 13 minutes. Did it need to be? No. But Orton dominated most of it. I'm um, Andrade and Angel Garza helping out Orton. You like to see it. And Orton wins decisively before punting Big Show to end the show. So, no pun intended. Uh, your thoughts in the match, and Clearly, this is building to Orton and McIntyre at SummerSlam for the WWE Championship.
2: Like you said, it, it was what it needed to be. Yeah, 13 minutes was long. It could have been half an hour knowing them. So I'm just
0: glad <laughs> yeah.
1: it
2: was, um, Orin winning decisively was great as well. Punting Big Show in the head. Hopefully, he's not on a TV for a while because the less Big Show, the better at this point. Um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed them. What they've done with Randy, um, I'm not sure if this will lead to him winning the title. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are definitely against that. But I mean, I think it would be nice to see him have a title run. Maybe have like a little group with them. Don't know if I really like if they had Garza and Andrade kind of team with Randy. don't think that really meshes too well. Um, I really liked what they were doing with him in, in uh, the Revival before they left. I thought that was a cool little team. They had some legs, but they kind of dropped the ball on that. And they revealed later on that Randy was pushing to be with them. And I'm not sure if Vince or whoever the hell was running, they just didn't see them with, with him. But I thought that was a good little team that they had and kind of dropped the ball with it. But I just hope they can if he wins the belt he has some kind of faction um i think he's better in factions kind of throughout his career he's been good in factions so mm. nice to see what they do and maybe elevate some guys um because they for god's sakes they could fucking use it um <laughs> but uh no i, I think randy, randy if anyone i think at this point anyone would take the belt off drew he's the most i mean like i said he's older and not a lot of people would like it but In a a booking sense, and a realistic sense, who else would take the belt off him at this point? No one else is really built up to even really contend with Drew. So, we're interested to see what happens. Um, But no, I've been loving Randy. I think him and Drew could be a really good,
0: fun match. Yeah, no, I agree. Listen, I'm one of those people that I don't really care to see the belt back on Orton. But you are absolutely right. There aren't many choices, if any at all. Um, I mean, AJ's back on SmackDown. I would say AJ, but he's on SmackDown. I absolutely don't want to see them pull a fast one and have Otis cash in on Raw instead of on SmackDown. I don't want to see Otis cash in successfully anyway, but I think that would be stupid. Um, The only real person that comes to mind that Drew hasn't already beaten is Alistair, and he just lost on Raw. So I I don't see that happening anytime soon. Maybe if they built him up more, maybe, but he lost on Monday, so probably not. Um, Orton wouldn't make the most sense. I think they are going to do it, probably set it in stone after next week's Raw. Um, last question for you for next week's Raw I mean this is pretty obvious I guess but final predictions for the show on Monday um, Ziggler McIntyre for the WWE championship again who wins what's the stipulation and who wins between Sasha and Oscar for the Raw Women's Championship
2: um, Drew I, I think Drew's gonna win I think Oscar's gonna win um, stipulation Jesus
0: um... are we lucky enough to get a loser gets fired match and then Ziggler actually leaves or are we not that fortunate
2: I mean that would be a good one. I, I would. I, I was about to say "loser leaves town" match would be great because Ziggler just. I just <laughs> the issue is, I just I don't know if it's him, like he's just like I like Ziggler. I think he's really good, but when even the same loser for so long, it just like gets to the point that you just don't care anymore. And that's kind of what I've got with him. Like I think he's a good wrestler and everything, but he's just been the same old character for so long that. And he's, like you said, he's won. He's been pushed a little bit. He's won. He's lost. He's pretty much done it all at this point. So, some time away and maybe a little f- refreshing character would be nice for him. Um, but I hope uh, th- that's kind of the stipulation I want. Loser leaves lose town and we lose Dolph for a little bit and maybe come back a little rejuvenate, a little bit different. Because um, besides that, I don't want to see Dolph Ziggler on my TV anymore. So, uh, Drew wins. I think Oscar wins. I, I hope. I hope Bailey. Either cost her the championship or has some interference, just do the Bailey Sasha storyline. Because, like you said, on SmackDown, who else is for her to beat? She's beating everyone. Unless mm-hmm. they call someone up, which, I mean, I guess it is possible, but they just need to tell the Sasha Bailey story at this point, please. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> the only thing with that is, like we've said before, if Sasha beats Bailey, like, yeah, there, is there new people for her to beat? But it's everyone that Bailey already beat. So it's kind of.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, the problem.
2: That's mm-hmm. really the problem at the end of the day, but we'll see. I, I, I think, I don't know. I kind of fear that they're going to, yeah, I don't know. I just I just feel like they're not going to pull the trigger on it. I don't know why. Um, but yeah. I, I'm going with Oscar, and I think Drew, Drew will win as well.
0: I I don't. I get the feeling that they won't pull the trigger on it either, and I think they absolutely should. I can't say this enough, but like, cool, they're, they're entertaining. I like Bayley and Sasha's as tag team. I'm also sad to see it end. The issue is that Bayley cannot continue on as the SmackDown Women's Champion. She's beaten everyone multiple times. Nikki Cross has already lost multiple times to Bailey, and they did the match again on Sunday. Nikki Cross lost again decisively. I, I think Sasha attempted to interfere, but still, like, come on. It's time to move on. Uh, we got to have Sasha as champion or anyone. Maybe, I don't, I, I, you know, be careful what you wish for. I don't want Dana Brooke to be the one to beat Bailey. It's got to <laughs> be Sasha. Um, but still, they, they got to move on from this little experiment of theirs. Um, but that's about it. I thought it was a good week overall in wrestling. Again, we're recording this before NXT and before Dynamite this week. Uh, we'll probably be back to normal next week, uh, reviewing those two shows. I know there was a big announcement from William Regal. I don't know what that was or what it entailed. Uh, for what you do you think G- it is? I mean, again, at this point, it's irrelevant here on the show. Um, what he tweeted, though, on Wednesday, early Wednesday, indicated that he made it sound like he might be stepping down, which really scares me, because I love Regal as GM, so... I honestly don't know, unless it's, like, the closure of NX the UK or some shit, um, which I doubt that's what it has to do with. I don't know, but I feel like it's something inconsequential. Like, remember last time they were like, oh, big, big announcement, and then it was, like, a new takeover. It's like, okay, like, cool, but why does it have to be the big announcement, you know?
2: Because it's because they need a... They, it's, it's for rating reasons.
0: Exactly. That's that's why I think they're doing this. I don't think there's any huge announcement. Maybe there is. I don't know. But I think they've, they've done great, all right? these announcements before. I think it's just to, to boost the ratings because they lost to NA, uh, AEW last week for the first time in like a month. So yeah, again, who you, what'd
2: you say? Who's going to face in the TNT Championship.
0: Matt Cardone is the popular choice. I just don't know if they would do it right now. I feel like that's too obvious. I feel like they'd be sick. But they also said, Tony Khan said in a tweet, and again, it's irrelevant now, but Tony Khan said on Tuesday, oh, one of the top independent wrestlers out there. I mean, Zack Ryder, yeah, he's the top independent wrestler, but he hasn't wrestled a single indie match in like a decade and a half, so. I mean, listen, I think if it was going to be someone like a former WWE person, they would say free agent. You know, I feel like they would reward a bit differently. Um, I feel like it's going to be someone that maybe, probably you wouldn't be familiar with. I don't know every indie wrestler, but like there's a guy named War Horse that people are really petitioning to answer the open challenge. I honestly have no idea who that guy is aside from just the name. I've heard of him. Um, there's a guy named Dan Housen who's actually very entertaining. I've seen Ring of Honor. Uh, people are pulling for him. I don't know. Do you have any guesses off the top of your head? I mean, I don't
2: know. I, I mean, I don't know if he's contracted. Is Matt Sonny not contact? Contracted?
0: No, we actually he's not. That'd be a good one.
2: I think that would be a pretty good one. I mean, I've always been a pretty big fan of him, um, especially when he was in WWE. But uh, I think that would be a good one besides that. I mean, like you said, I'm not too big in the indie. So there's two guys you just named. Couldn't pick them out a pan of, cane, yeah. a pan of a pan of paint. I, mean, I don't know <laughs> the fuck they are. You just said two names. I'm like, the says, that, yeah. I'm, you know, I mean, I don't know. You know I, heard,
0: um, you know, I heard someone say Chris Hero, the former Cash Asono, again. Um, Top indie guy? Yeah, but he just got released, so again, why wouldn't you say free agent? Like, he's not an indie guy right now. He hasn't wrestled in the indies in three, four years, so I don't know. Maybe they'll swerve us, and it's going to be something we're not expecting, someone I didn't mention. Um, You know, I threw out, I mean, he was also on this episode of WrestleRant Radio before we started talking here, air the interview, but hey, you know what? James Storm, he told me earlier in our conversation that he was a free agent. I'd pop for the Tennessee Cowboy, wouldn't you? I mean... I could get two shits less, what? but... You, you don't like the... We, we talked about this a couple years ago. He, he, he's completely washed away the TNA stench.
2: I mean, if it's alcohol currency, I'd probably pop, but besides <laughs> that,
0: I don't know. I'm sorry. It's not James Storm. It's Billy Thunder.
2: Get it right, GSM. Jesus Christ. That
0: alcohol currency. Alcohol currency. That would, that's what would make you pop. Um, that, that
2: and, and uh, Samoa Joe selling surfboards. Uh, you,
0: like. Joey Samoa.
2: Yeah, I mean, if anything, if they came out with alcohol currency, I would literally go crazy.
0: Alcohol currency would be money, no pun intended. Uh, Joey, Samoe, and of course, you can't for- you can't forget the marginal CJ Miles. <laughs> That's,
2: the- <laughs> That's the best one. He is the marginal. <laughs>
0: yeah. wow. uh, need to hear. Get ready to flag and get ready. Prepare to ascend is going to be the new theme song. I'd like, hey, I'd mark. <laughs> That'd be great. Mr. Marceau, this has been great. Next week we'll talk uh, probably NXT, Dynamite, Raw, whatever else is new in the world of wrestling. Let me know if you get your Alexa Bliss cameo back by then.
2: I'm still waiting $3.99. I'm waiting to blow my
0: money. <laughs> Sounds good, Mr. Marceau. Take care, and I'll catch your ass down the road, brother.
2: Later, GSM. Adios.